I mean, let's be honest. At the end of most Halos, there's a driving sequence where everything's going boom, boom, and you got to drive fast. <laughs> Hello, and welcome back to the Mo Video Games Podcast. We are so glad you guys are here. Today is a bit of a special, different episode because Oliver and I are together in person for the first time since who knows how long it's been. It's been too long, but we are starting the official third or finals, aka the real quarterfinals, because again, your boy Maxwell here is a big dum dum, but that's okay. We're here finally hitting our top eight favorite games of all time we got the, the, the matchups are nothing but spicy from here on out you know this is the house of juice you guys are here with us mo video games doing the spicy spicy meatballs so we appreciate you guys being here we hope you have a great time grab some coffee sit back relax we hope you enjoy today's podcast Aye. let's get it Bada da boom. Uh, how's it going maxwell I'm pretty good, Oliver. It's uh, I can turn and see you. I know it's pretty exciting. We got now now that we're in person and it's a Friday afternoon. We got a delicious pseudo soup. And I'm like expecting the thumbnail of our shit. I forget that there's a delay, and I'm like, wow, I'm really slow in my head, <laughs> or really fast, I guess. All right, so what is this? It's a pale ale. Hmm. And it's got a purple dragon on the front. I mean dinosaur. Maybe, maybe it's hitting me faster than I thought. <laughs> Our dragon's not dinosaurs, though. Dolce, you know what I'm saying? When we get down the brass tacks. It's it's a pretty thick... I mean, it kind of reminds me almost of, like, uh, if you combine, like... I don't know. It's a thick IPA. I wanted to say if you combine, like, a thicker red ale with an IPA. But, a red ale with an IPA. But the IPA is already an ale, so I, mean, I guess <laughs> I guess you just combine you add the red. a thick red, yeah, with the <laughs> with the with the IPA. Um. So for th- those of you watching, yeah. um, it, it's weird. It doesn't feel like we're streaming because um, we're used to seeing each other. Yeah, we're just like talking to each other. So our apologies if this looks vastly different. Um, but yeah, I am in Iowa with our boy Oliver. And so we're doing a special. If you listened to last week's podcast, you should have known. Should have known. Should have known. Should have known. Also, but if you hear anything in the background, it's definitely not my roommate's dog. So definitely not. Yeah. Which begs the question: What is it? <laughs> my roommate's cat. <laughs> <laughs> Which sounds suspiciously like a dog, <laughs> but we want to be clear: it is not. But either way, um, I got uh, so E three is I think it's starting today. Oh, we're just jumping straight in. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. But I was going to say, how does it feel to be back? You know, we could let the viewers know. Okay. It feels weird. Yeah. Because we're in a college town, as I am getting my PhD. A college town that I happened to, to go, go to college in. And so did he. You might even have to say it's in Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> it is in Iowa. Um, you could say this is where we met. That is true. And where Mo Video Games Bond. began. Yeah. Well, I feel like probably more accurate, it might have formed a Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's where all great brainstorming occurs for us. Where Dunkin' is headquartered in Iowa, if you didn't know. Um, so this is this is going great. But yeah, it's it's weird to be back, not going to lie. Um, I live in Virginia, as as you guys know. He did briefly as well. It was a fun time. Ended too soon. It did end too soon. So the engineering market out there is... 
It's different. But, yeah, if you don't want DOD work, I gotta say it's a little less than desirable. Yeah, or IT. Yeah. If you're in manufacturing, don't go to Northern Virginia. Yeah, that's you gotta go to Maryland, right? If you wanted to do manufacturing. Like, Silver Spring would be, yeah, I thought, least. a great place. Yeah. yeah if, if, you, if you want to be in D.C. area, it's like, I mean, obviously yeah, the which obviously you do, because yeah. that's where I am. So that's true. That's, that's true. That's where the cool people is. Uh, but yeah, Northern Virginia, no manufacturing at all. Nah, none. And There's technically tiny baby manufacturing but not really yeah and then when i was in an it job and wanted to do more it-esque work then my boss just kept being like nah you want to do cybersecurity." and i was like no (laughs) i mean granted there's a huge demand in the market for cybersecurity. like if you're looking for job security for the future and you want to get paid very well cybersecurity, get into it that's a that's our tech tip of the day. I mean, yeah, but like at least it, for the company I was working for, any cybersecurity I was gonna do isn't like what the public or like we perceive as cybersecurity, oh, right? Like yeah. it's all all you're doing is like running scans and auditing computers and making sure that they're up to compliance. You're never actually doing any hacking or anything like that. Like if you want to do something like that, like there's IT certificates like the OSCP. Where if you get the OSCP, you pretty much can get a job for like 90k and actually do like blue hat hacking and stuff like that. So blue hat. I've heard of white and black. What's blue hat? I thought it was like blue and red teams for like red is actually like physically intruding into the area, oh, and then okay. and blue is like the network security and stuff like that. So like red hat hacking is kind of bullshit because most people don't actually like no one ever actually pays you and be like okay try to piggyback or whatever you want to call it right into the building or some shit like that you know like stand outside with a dozen donuts and act like you're bringing it in for you (laughs) (laughs) or whatever thing they get some chump to you know think that you work there yeah um yeah most so then they call it purple hat for the combination of the two surprisingly (laughs) if you didn't know blue and red makes purple that's true red and yellow makes orange Yellow and blue makes green. That's a good orange. That was a good orange. Thanks. I think I would have. I would have fucked up the orange. <laughs> What's up, Barney? Oh, there's a doggy. Oh, a doggy scared of me. I'm new. He I'm meant to say boy. cat. I see. <laughs> That's what I said. Um, you could roll back the tapes. I said cat. But yeah. So either way, yeah. Cybersecurity in comparison to what people think of it versus my limited experience with it is Fair. much, much, much more boring. I think the you know, more like computer science-esque side of it, you really have to approach it from specifically that angle, you know, and like be looking for certificates like that because the auditing side just sounds... Well, everyone that I know that did auditing either hated their job or never talked about their job because they didn't (laughs) like it. It's because it's classified. (laughs) That's true. That's the only reason. (laughs) Um, But yeah, long story short, back in Iowa, uh, living the dream, and uh, we're we're streaming. Drinking Iowa beer. But yeah, to to keep it, our tech news already all, already runs long. So if you don't got anything else, I got. I got. Yeah, you go. You go. E three. E three. E three. Things are happening, um, and as a result, there's lots of gameplay, like trailers, announcements. Big. This is the big time for gaming. Which I've seen none of it. So Ratchet and Clank, uh, Rift Apart comes out today. Actually. Yeah. So go check. Did it you out. pre-order? No. Are you gonna get it? Uh, I probably will at some point. Um, the viewers don't know this, but I, for work, uh, my, my full-time job got pulled away from my home and will be away for like three to six months. So I will have much less time for gaming. Um, so as a result, I'm probably going to wait and see if I can get it on sale. That's fair. Um, but I think that is a game that would probably turn over on sale pretty quickly too. You know, in comparison to, like, GTA 5. <laughs> yes, everything in comparison to GTA 5 turns over much faster sale-wise. Um, but the I've, I've watched a lot of reviews, a lot of gameplay, and pretty much unanimously, it is, like, 
one of the most graphically impressive games to date on any console or anything. I mean, the trailer for that game is probably what got me the most hype for the PS5. Just like all rendering all of the bullets like dynamically at the same time and everything was just like, oh, my God, this is badass. And uh, so Digital Foundry did an initial review of the game and, and the technical stuff. We always talk about Digital Foundry. They're great on YouTube. If you want to go like really technical into how they do graphics and develop games, they're a great resource for that. And they do constantly put out a lot of content on new games. Um, but they they found that the final result is actually better than the trailers. So there's Damn. more graphical fidelity. So in the trailers, the ray traced reflections were 1080p um, when the game is outputting at 4K. So one quarter resolution for the reflections, which just ray traced reflections are already expensive in like a a budget for the game's horsepower. Um, but in the final product, it matches the resolution. Um, the reflections match the resolution of the oh wow um, actual thing. So it, it sounds like they're doing some kind of checkerboarding, at least with the reflections, probably with the the output as well. It's kind of PlayStation's shtick, um, but the checkerboarding is very convincing. Um, they love checkers. They love checkers. Love checkers. They're great at checkers. Um, but yeah, looks amazing. It, it is. Yeah, it's definitely a game. I. This is why I want all games that are coming out for PS5 to be PS5 exclusives. I agree. Also, I'm looking confused because I don't know where my tech news went. I don't know. I might have accidentally just deleted my my notes. Oh, you can just wing it off the top of your head. I can wing it. I don't really remember what the hell else I was going to talk about in this, though. Well, you said lots of gameplay. What other games do you remember? Um, Ratchet. Clank. <laughs> Ratchet and Clank. What the F, David Blaine? Um, hold on, let me see if I can come up with anything. There it is. Oh, I went into archive. I archived it. I don't know how that happened. We're back though, baby. Um, so <laughs> there is a a weapon in Ratchet and Clank that allows you to teleport objects into the Ratchet and Clank world from other PlayStation titles. And in the trailer for it, they teleported in a Thunderjaw from Horizon Zero. Oh my Dawn, god! Um, into the game. I don't know. If there hasn't been much more information other than the teaser about how it's actually used in game and how how much it is. But they should do it like only games you own. You can only teleport. Oh, yeah, do a little incentivize right there. That'd be juicy. That would be juicy. But yeah, that would also be mean. I hope they don't do that. Yeah, but they could. That'd be pretty funny if they did. <laughs> It's definitely like a, a big gaming thing to do, you know, like, hey, you can only have the fun if you got the game. Yeah, at least it's a macro transaction that gives you a full game at the same time. For sure. So, but they're not doing that. We want to be yeah, clear. Yeah, yeah, we're saying not. they could, but that's not what they're I doing. just miss the long, long dead is the day where you used to be able to like, hey, you know, I'm about to finish. I don't know. Fear two for the Xbox 360. Once I'm done, you want to play it? No, who you can't say that. <laughs> it's not a thing. I mean, honestly, at this point, like most of the games I buy are, I almost buy exclusively digital. Yeah. The last game that I got that wasn't digital is a gift from Maxwell. Paper Mario. <laughs> Paper Mario. Which this definitely was not lost between my car seat and my car dash, whatever you call it, the center console thing. Was is was. the keyword. Yeah, uh, yeah. It is found. Yeah. My sister played it all the way through. Since this is the first physical game I get, immediately I'm like handing it off to other people with Switches. <laughs> Share. Yeah, I know. It's like, this is the only time I have left. But she loved it. I have it, I've got it maybe like 25-ish percent of the way through the game. And then I just kept playing League because I'm, I'm depressed. <laughs> no. 
you're a professional. I don't play competitively. You do. You're on a team. I, yeah. I, I think that's fair. And because of that, you got to practice. And League is a competitive game. Like, if, if you're going to play in any competitive capacity at all, you have to put in a lot of time. That is for sure. I mean, yeah. Thankfully, we've reduced our amount of practices from three to two a week. So I have a little bit more time. But yeah, it's definitely inconvenient having practices. Because then it's like 30 minutes before and you don't really... What are you going to do in 30 minutes before your practice? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just going to throw on yeah. a YouTube video or something like that. Like, that's that's about it. I don't have time to get another game, even if I wanted to play more League. <laughs> you know? And, and what? Who? No one's going to boot up a game on Steam just to play it for 30 minutes. Let us know in the comments. Yeah, let Canadians. us know, I guess. Do you... Guess. Would you... If you had 30 minutes to kill, would you boot up a game to play 30 minutes of it? I feel like that's what you do a mobile game for. If you have that time, but Ooh. I I avoid mobile games like the plague because they are the ultimate time waster. Yes, it, it's a it's which a is funny because I play other games that are you know you can argue every game's a waste of time, yeah. but but I disagree. <laughs> yeah, with with that, but mobile yeah. games. So no, just kidding. If you mobile game, we love you. We respect you. I would play Candy Crush again. I'll be straight up. <laughs> or the twenty, what's that? Like twenty forty six or twenty twenty forty eight. Twenty forty eight. I was close. Yeah. That game, I love that game. I actually, okay, I, so I do have a mobile game. game on my phone, to be fair. Do you want to guess what it is? League of Legends. <laughs> Damn it. Is it actually, is it the mobile no. one? Because they came out with a mobile, didn't they? Yeah, they came out with, uh, I think Wild Rift is the mobile version yeah, yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they also have Legends of Runeterra, which is like a Hearthstone knockoff, but oh. for League. Uh, they have, I think, two, if not three, mobile games. I just, I haven't tried them because I don't care. I have Sudoku on my phone. Okay. And I used to have Minesweeper, but <laughs> I got rid of Minesweeper because I was getting so annoyed because I'm bad at it. <laughs> so that's it. That's my story. That's wait, my wait, story. What, what, what mobile game do you have? Sudoku. Oh, yeah, you told me. I just wasn't listening. <laughs> you nodded and said yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a problem. I have. So what are the games? What are the games we got? Um, so Battlefield 2042 released its trailer. The next Battlefield game. Slated for release in 2041? Uh, no, it will be October 22nd of this year, I believe, is the oh, wow. release date. And they, I, I don't, I'm not a Battlefield guy, but there's a maneuver when you play the game that has been dubbed the Rendezouk, um, which I didn't know how to pronounce it, let alone what it was. And I looked it up and how I know how to pronounce it now is because it is a combination of rendezvous and bazooka. Yeah. And so what happens is you jump out of a plane and you bazooka a plane behind you or some object and then fall back into that same plane midair and continue flying is the maneuver. What? And the trailer highlighted that. They, they literally had a cinematic trailer of a like soldier in the fighter jet, jump out of it, bazooka someone, and land back in the plane. And the the Battlefield community is going wild for it. It was a great PR move on Battlefield because it, it was like more classic Battlefield 4 is like when, when it was really popular, I think 3 and 4. And they are absolutely loving that homage to those kind of ridiculous maneuvers and saying that it doesn't need to be historically accurate to be a good game. Yeah. Like Battlefield One, I think is the the mo more recent one that is like all about World War One, and yeah. there's a lot a lot of realism in it and stuff. It was a good game too. Like I I played some of it. It it was fun to play. But yeah, no, I'm it is good. nice to see a game that actually is like, oh, we are a video game though. Yeah, <laughs> you're supposed to have fun, and that's it's it's interesting. We talked about like the the 360 PS3 generation is like 
graphics, like, we're just going to make graphics. PS4, Xbox One, I think, was story. And now it seems like we're starting to find the happy medium of remembering games are for fun. And it's now like we have enough horsepower to push the graphics we want. And we have enough experience narratively to create a good story. So now we can focus on combining all of that into games and remembering to keep them fun. Yeah. Like, I think think we're in a great time. Yeah, Yeah. no, it seems good. But I feel like we would always say that, too. So that's true. Because video (laughs) games are amazing. Yeah, League is really at the peak of the gameplay and story forefront. You know what I'm (laughs) saying? Hey, you're right. (laughs) League does have a lot of lore. I, I will give it that. Yeah, but you have to you have to kind of dig for it, but it does have a lot of they do spend time actually building the universe, which is like totally not necessary for the game at all. So it's like it's nice that they do include that. Yeah, it, it makes it feel worthwhile yeah. that, that you're contributing. And you can get a little more connection if you like main a character on it. You know, you can be like, oh, yeah, like I know his backstory now or their backstory and I can bond with them over it. I mean, that is pretty cool. Like, yeah, that's like it. The, I think good stories, whether it's an RPG where you are the character like you're trying to create it or a really good character that you are playing as like being relatable or knowing their backstory is important so yeah 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 I agree. Yeah. yeah 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 um so that that was cool ronde zook battlefield 2042 check out the trailer coming in october super excited and then big news elden ring got a trailer and a release date aka the next game by Miyazaki, I think is his name, Some, something like that. But from software, next like Dark Souls like oh, sure. game, okay. Elden Ring. People have been talking about it for a long time. Got a trailer, looks badass, and the it will release supposedly, but uh, uh, factor in three to four delays. Um, but I'm guessing based on how long ago it was teased and how little information there was, they were waiting until they felt pretty confident about the release date. But January twenty first, twenty twenty two. So this coming January is when Elden Ring is supposedly released. That's exciting. Yeah. It I mean are it they, looks are, so cool. Have they been like toting it as the next Donkey Souls or are they trying to remove themselves kind of a little bit from that? Cuz Dark Souls is definitely like well, I guess Bloodborne still wasn't in like the series quote unquote, you know? I mean it's part of the Soulsborne series, but it's not like yeah. continuing whether or not you're going to decide to keep Undead alive and that whole Keep the flame eternal. Praise the sun. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the people who who are really into it, if, if you're watching this, listening to this, let, let us know. Correct me, but my the for sure the creator that that I'm talking about, the Miyazaki, whatever his name is, I apologize if I get it incorrectly, but he is like the father of Dark Souls, and so it is going to the gameplay is going to be another Dark Souls like game. And George R R Martin is creating the world, aka Game of Thrones guy. Um, so I, I don't know if they're continuing in the same realm of the Dark Souls universe or if they're just creating their own independent, but it will for sure be a story curated by George R. R. Martin and it will be a Dark Souls game play style and it looks, the worlds look so detailed, varied, gorgeous, the like abilities and graphics. I mean, as you would expect now in games, I mean, it just, it looks, it looks bonkers. I mean, even playing through Dark Souls one, like. I don't know. There's not much to the Soulsborne game in the sense that, like, the combat is kind of, I feel like, most of the way intrinsically pretty simplistic. It's just, like, whether or not you're going to get good or not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they've, I feel like they've 
every game that I've played, they've always done a great job with the environment. Like, it's definitely something that they never slack on, and that's definitely a reason why I like Dark Souls 2 so much, is because of the variety of environments that they had, and me yeah. just being like, I mean, damn, they actually did take a lot of time to, like, create really cool, really diverse environments that kept it entertaining the whole time. So, so yeah, I, it, it gets me hype, but, like, it's also just another Soulsborne game, so I'm yeah. hype. We'll see. We'll see what it's all about. And then the final tech news is uh, Phil Spencer dropped an absolute shit on PlayStation. Um, Who's that? Uh, so Phil Spencer, head of Xbox. Um, Douchebag alert. No, Phil Spencer's super cool. Non-douchebag um, alert. Loves, loves gamers is like all for the gamer, for the consumer, at least outwardly. What he is, like, I've never met him, but he seems legitimate genuine sure. um but he he dropped a big bomb on playstation not surprising e3's coming around the corner he's got to be like hey and, and what he was talking about though was he was criticizing playstation not bringing their games to pc immediately um which i think is a load of bullshit what's up marcus how's it going hey buddy <laughs> <laughs> We got a little Bernson on the podcast now. Oh my goodness. So this is this is Bernie. Hello. Who just now realized that there's a new person here. (laughs) Oh my goodness. That's okay. I love doggies. Okay, okay. Not all the way over. Not all the way over. No, 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 no. You are insane. (laughs) Oh my goodness, good dog here. I'm gonna move that before that gets spilled. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Slight dog mission right there. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Phil Spencer is uh, full of shit. And, uh, but I understand, he, he has to do that. It, I mean, Xbox is Microsoft, so them bringing games to Windows is easy peasy cake walk. I'm cool with the two to three year like delay. Yeah. It is now kind of implied, but I do wish that it would be a comfort if they were like, this is our game plan moving forward to do it as well. Because it does, like, every title that they release that I want to play later, you know, then I'm like, do I need to get the PS5? <laughs> <laughs> and and that's exactly the thing. He was criticizing, saying, oh, he's making gamers pay twice for the, um, uh, for, for games, essentially. And I'm like, if you already bought it once on the PS5, why the fuck would you buy it again yeah. on the PC? Like, you get minor graphical improvements um, if you have a beastly PC. But, but that, And if you have a beastly PC, you, you probably, probably have to scratch money. to yeah. buy it a second time. So If you're buying the $5 trillion 3090, I don't think you're worried about a $60 title. Yeah, so it's just, I, I understand it's marketing, but, like, I just had to throw that out there. He was he was like, oh, yeah, drop it. I'm like, place, but the fact that they restrict the initial development to the PS5 means that they can optimize the hell out of it for the PS5 and get way more performance out of it. It, it would cost so much money to simultaneously develop for PC, especially because some PC gamers are still rocking hard drives or slower SSDs. There's so many variables there. And the, the fast SSD they're touting on the PS5 can only be taken advantage of if you know they are going to have that fast SSD. So all of the complaints people have about cross-gen and developing for previous gen and, oh, it's going to hold games back. Developing for PC is the same thing. Like, there are so many, there's such a wide variety of hardware that a game has to work on that it is going to inherently restrict a game. That's why you get games like God of War and Last of Us Part Two that came out on an eight-year-old console 
and look better than almost any PC game you could play today, or like cross-platform game. Other than Stickball. Is that premium, premium Stickball greater than Last of Us Part Two? As Adam seems to say. So I we responded, we responded to the chat. So Adam, let us know uh, why you think Stickball deserves a spot over Last of Us Part Two, and why you're wrong. I'm very curious to know, but I'm actually interested. Um, that's it's a very spicy take. We're all about the spicy takes here at Mo Video Game. So we'll we'll see what that's all about. Um, but yeah, that was the, that was the last uh, tech news thing I had. Uh, oh, but but E three did that pretty quickly. I know. You said there was a lot. It felt like a lot. Twenty three minutes. That's half our tech news normally. It's actually kind of crazy. Maybe they just weren't super spicy takes. But let me let me. Uh, no, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, that's it. I think we've kind of expressed most of our opinions that we're reiterating here. But and also it's like uh, well yeah, to what you were saying about the PC gaming, like people complain it's not on PC. It's like, I feel like for a while, especially when we were first starting to build our PC, there was like this rhetoric floating around that like you can build the PC for cheaper than a console and get better performance, you know, all that shit. PS5 generation, I'm going to have to say that wipes that notion even remotely (laughs) out of the water, especially since graphics card aren't available at all. So even if you wanted to build a new PC, you'd have to get like multiple gen old graphics cards, which will not hold up at all. Yeah. to that you know like you can't buy a 3080 for less than like a thousand dollars or like i mean it's 3060 right yeah well if you're buying it second if you manage to get it msrp but msrp is but you even, can't get it then <laughs> yeah well like even if you beat the bots and we're able to buy it when new stock comes to a store the only place that i think nvidia cards are getting sold at msrp is on the nvidia store which is almost like it's probably three cards a month yeah. Like if you're buying it from Best Buy and all these other places, prices are going up naturally because of the tariffs um that that are occurring. It's just naturally increasing prices. Um so yeah, it's even if it's, you want it's it's a hockey shit essentially. Yeah. It, at least right now you for sure like if you if you get a console that is going to price to performance blow any PC out of the water right now unless you are just the luckiest person on earth and even then it's still it's it's hard to imagine something beating a ps5 the, the the xbox thing because they they're developing for pc and the series x and the series s like it is naturally going to be a a platform that's pretty modular but you're not going to get i think the, the level of detail and graphics that you get out of the ps5 and i yeah. think that is when playstation says they believe in generations that's what you're getting whether or not you you think that's consumer friendly or not i i i, I can hear that argument i understand um, but PlayStation just gives you the best possible games. I think you can get. I think it. I think it is consumer friendly. PlayStation is. Yeah. Interesting. I think that. I think the PlayStation. The fact that you can buy it for what? The, what's the MSRP on place? The base play PlayStation. If you get the digital PS5, it is four hundred dollars. You can buy for four hundred dollars. You can get the like even that Dark Souls remastering looks absolutely stupidly good i mean like just being able to get you pay 460 dollars and you get that quality of graphics right like that to me is absolutely stupid especially with how much money we've spent on the pc no now i'm like no i am all (laughs) for the console life now like like yeah if, if i could have that access for that little of a budget like that is giving you up to snuff with current standards you know for such a fucking cut in price 
I mean, I understand it does suck every X amount of years you have to buy it, but like the turnaround for it is a super fucking long time, right? Yeah. Like what, seven years between consoles? If you can't save $400 in seven years, <laughs> I don't know. I'm impressed or you're really, 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 really unfortunate. But I, I think most people just don't think that far ahead. Well, sure. Yeah, no one's going to budget. <laughs> they buy a PS5, like, all right, I'm going to start budgeting for the PS6, baby. <laughs> no, no, but, like, that's my point. Like, if you saved, what, like, 10 bucks a month, you would have more than enough to buy over the seven-year period, right? Yeah. Like, which I think 10 bucks is like, okay, you don't go out to Chipotle once or something like that. <gasps> like, never mind, actually, that's too far. <laughs> um, But that's also just the, yeah. It is a sad world that yeah that is a it is a reality that 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 for forethought is definitely impossible for I mean even for me I'll be honest I'm, yeah. not, I'm not thinking that far ahead um so I pre-ordered the new PS5 controllers the two colors the uh cosmic red I think and the midnight bl- black or something whatever they arrived yesterday unfortunately I have been out, out of, of town. town um but i will soon have pictures up on maxwell lewis gaming on instagram and try to do a video before i leave town forever for work um but, peace but yeah but like yeah i i buy tech like all the time for it like I, I i saving isn't a word i know yeah but that's what like yeah well yeah i'm not gonna go into finances or anything like that but i still think like i said it's very affordable especially given the level, the quality that you get yeah. for the price, the price to performance ratio, I think, is out of the wall. So if you can budget for it and you can't afford to spend that four hundred dollars plus sixty dollars per game, I mean, you are going to get really, Maybe really seventy dollars really... per game. That's true. That's true. They have been talking about it for a while, right? Yeah, I'm trying to remember what it might be. Battlefield 2042, but there, there's some game coming out soon that on the Series X and PS5 will cost seventy dollars, and on PC it will cost sixty. You know I advocate for that. We've talked about this before, because I've been advocating this for a while, because there's such a fucking crunch for all these people, all these devs, to fucking just absolutely go ape shit and nonstop stress about their job trying to get it out. Which reminds me, maybe you know what game it is, but there was some game, was it Ratchet & Clank? There was some game that got released recently that all the devs were like, yeah, I maybe had to spend one or two nights like late there. That was there. literally what I was just well, going to say is Ratchet and Clank, the developers have come out and been like, we did not crunch for this game. Yeah. And it's the most graphically impressive game we've ever seen. It's getting rave reviews on the story, the gameplay and like voice acting, everything top so, yeah. to bottom. Insomniac Games. So we talk a lot about Naughty Dog and Rockstar and even Sucker Punch now with like Ghost of Tsushima and, and how good they are. And Santa Monica Studios, God of War, like all these. But Insomniac rarely gets talked about. And yet they keep churning out they some of the games. most technically impressive games. So they also have the Spider-Man series as well. Um, and without Crunch, apparently, apparently it's a great company to work for. Their stories, graphics, gameplay. It's hype. Top notch, yeah. Yeah. Which is, I was super excited to see that headline. And I'm also glad that that did make headlines because I think that that, making that a headline also is a big push to other companies because other employees are going to read that and be like, well, Jesus Christ, I don't want to crunch, you know? And it'll create some natural pushback, yeah. So I I think, I'm happy it was released and I'm happy to hear that at least one company is doing it. Hopefully that's where the standard will go because, yeah, the assumption, the standing assumption for a long ass time is that if you're working in the gaming biz, your life probably sucks ass. <laughs> pretty much, especially at the end. Yeah. Like, I'm sure it's pretty normal. And most people are passionate enough 
that for most of the development cycle, but like once you start getting to the end and they realize, oh, wow, our scope is like twice what it should have been. Or if you work for CD Projekt Red, rip in peace. No, that was the company I was going to be on, but I'm glad that we could agree. Like that's just the the fact that they're they they released I don't know if it was to the shareholders or, or who it was but like a roadmap of what cyberpunk was going to be and it essentially was like they're, they're just going to be doing nothing but incrementally fixing cyberpunk for like the next two years and like they're so they're ridiculous. scaling back the DLC that they've claimed and that they were going to release and that's that's their life like and last week I had actually I didn't talk about this in tech news I had it noted down. Um, but you still cannot buy Cyberpunk on the PlayStation Store. And they, they said that Sony has certain metrics that the game has to hit in order for them to be allowed to release it. I'm assuming it's some kind of frame rate budget and certain things like that, but apparently they're still not there yet. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. But also, they fucked up pretty bad, so it's not that crazy. Yeah, it's just, like, man. I mean, No Man's Sky was was a bad release but they turned that shit around real quick they, they did turn that shit around i will give them that but i was also so livid after that release that i will never go back to no man's sky i will uh, forever hold my anger i'm about to yeah why not? <laughs> um but they they no man's sky speaking of that just released it, the their prism update so they have been doing nothing but free content updates since the the bad release and the game now looks as good, if not even better than what they had initially promised. The, the the prisms update was like a graphical improvement. There are certain like flying like beings that you can ride now. Um, they have a uh, Mass Effect uh, like Easter egg ship that's available. Um, but the game, I mean, it looks it looks nothing like what the game initially looked on release, and it looks much better than it like. I mean, shout out like you should never be in the point that you have to dig yourself out of a hole. But, if but they've you done do, a good job. They, I will give them that. Yeah, they have done a good job. That that should be a a, a what do you want to call it? Like a a face for next companies. Yeah, CD Projekt, right? Uh, <laughs> like you, you have to give credit. Like yes, they 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 fucked up and they deserve all the blame they get for that. But at the same time, when you're in that situation, they handled it well. Yeah, you have to respond to it somehow, and they 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 turned it around pretty well. So hats off to them as well. Um, but yeah, me and two of my homies, Patrick and Zach, all sitting down and super pumped after hearing all this hype for No Man's Sky popping in. And man, that shit blew ass hard, bro. <laughs> it's like a character in like a barren wasteland. Uh, it's like space. <laughs> yeah, it was just like, what are you supposed to... Where is the fun in this game? Literally. Yeah. I cannot even derive like... There's just... What, the collectathon? No, it's not even fun to collect shit because there's nothing to fucking collect. Like, it's just everything's so far fucking removed and it's just so sparse of content. Yeah. Like, Jesus Christ, like, I'm playing Diablo 3, and I am not a collectathon or dungeon crawler type guy. Diablo 3 is, like, 18 times more fun than fucking the initial release of No Man's Sky, <laughs> you know? And that's not even my genre of game. So, but yeah, good for them for fucking actually, like, stepping up and, you know, trying trying to recover what the damage that they did. I mean, holy and for free. cow... Are they dumb as hell for everything that they promised? Especially the more we learn about like the development process and get more insights into the industry, they offered literally salvation in Jesus Christ plus some. Like, and supposedly, there's there's always more to the story. Um, and supposedly, there was some pressure from either Sony or some of the other publishers to push it out and make some of these claims and stuff as well. So putting all of the blame on the developer, there's always a lot of parties involved in the release of a game. 
But when you put your name on it, you are the person at blame because you took the pressure and you fucking went with it. Like, you know? it, like it, it's certainly a figurehead to, to blame. But at the same time, if you're a small development studio of like 13 people or whatever it is, and you're getting millions of dollars from this publisher and they're telling you to do things and, and that's contingent on you getting your money like to stay in business and continue to create games like you, you can start well, to understand slimy. some of the things. But that's still slimy. But because that's, that's you can reality, that, though. But a lot of places don't do that, and they do just fine. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I don't think Stickbolt is promising anything more than a fucking... Oh, yeah, uh, that's true. Stickbolt. Like, <laughs> there's plenty of indie development studios who are realistic about their scope and goals, and I... Sure, maybe they that's got fair. some that's pressure fair. to go, but I am just saying, like, th- there's a reason that this was an absolutely catastrophic launch, and it's because they absolutely catastrophically fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay that's fair like, I, i'll take that like, well, i i do see what you're saying and i am not saying that like sony is getting a pass for being a douchebag if they did put that pressure on them but yeah. at the end of the day if you're getting pressure and you go with it and you put your word out that's like you accepted that and then yeah. you, you gotta take you gotta take the punch that's like, fair. i'm not i'm not giving sony the pass but i'm saying you fucked up real bad <laughs> yeah i i i i respect i, I respect toasties <laughs> <laughs> um uh. Good stuff. Okay. That, I mean, that's that's what I got. Oh, yeah. Well, it's your week, so. It is my week. So we are in the... Third or finals. Third or finals, baby. If you <laughs> if you missed last week... Um, I'm glad you accepted that. I yeah. wasn't sure how you'd feel when I put third or finals on there, so I'm glad it stuck. No, I wanted something good, and the third or finals is perfect. Um, it is actually the quarterfinals, but <laughs> Dumb Dumb here, Maxwell, thought that uh, last the last round of 16 teams was quarter uh, quarterfinals, um, so I was wrong. So now we're in the quarterfinals, but between quarter and semi is now officially third or finals, which is where we is. But we got we got eight games, and that's what we are talking about. And well, we're actually only talking about two of our games this week. That's true. But but if you missed last episode and you're interested at all in that, we, we didn't actually do a matchup. We took the top eight games that made it that far in the bracket and we we got shuffled it stick bolt. <laughs> yeah essentially which adam is upset about so let us know adam i keep calling you out. i, I, I want to know i got rid of multiple games and then we almost had to rematch other games that had already lost so yeah. then we had to like force matchups that weren't gonna go so i'm interested to see where our top eights land S- it's stick, definitely gonna be spicy stick bolt made sense to get rid of in super mario 64 and uncharted 4 were curved balls but I, I, I understand I think that. Th- I think it's fair. I still, oh, I, I, agree. I still like, I have not had regrets. I've definitely thought about it a lot. I mean, I think even, I think Ocarina of Time is like my ode to just my painfully extreme nostalgia. And that's like, that's like, <laughs> that's like my one little just like, all right, you know what? You can blame me for putting it in my top eight. But Nobody will flame you for a 99 care. out of 100 Metacritic game. It's fire. Yeah. It's absolutely fire. I still like it. I was just thinking about booting it up last night to play it, but I had fucking practice. <laughs> Damn it, League. Um, but yeah, so the, last week we we went through and made sure that the top eight that made it um, made sense. So we made a couple adjustments, only I think three total substitutions combined between the two of us. And then we um, adjusted the matchups of those eight games to try and have them make a little bit more sense. So these final eight now, it's essentially we spent the first year of mo video games learning about the games learning about our thoughts on them discussing so that now we can finally have interesting discussions on our top eight games but this is the more the more meat here like our top eight games are games 
that is much harder for us to determine what we think is the top game. Yeah. Um, the, the first matchups was a lot of like, oh, Guitar Hero 3 versus God of War. Ooh, I wonder what's going to win that matchup. But now, now we're in the juice. Um, the well, juice. Yeah. Speaking of which, welcome back to the House of Juice. We are Mo Video Games. And, uh, you this, are Canadian. <laughs> you are Canadian, if you don't know. Um, so, yeah, I'll start. So, my matchup this week, long story short, is Ori and the Will of the Wisps, which was added to the... It wasn't even in the bracket. That's how spicy it was. Excuse me. I got <laughs> a little bit of beer burps going on. Um, but it was a game that I, I played recently, and I did a review on Maxwell Lewis Gaming. If you want to go check that out on YouTube, see my thoughts on it. But I think very highly of this game um and it's going up against infamous second son and we we've i we've spoken a, a lot about infamous second son it was it, i think it's been in like all of the rounds so far of our matchups another sucker punch game goes to sushima development and uh my my wife brought up some good points that reminded me why it's in my top eight as well oh so share. yeah the 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 biggest thing so the, starting with infamous second son I, I don't know how to describe the, the game. So it's like an open-world action-adventure game. You play as this main character, Delson, voiced by Troy Baker, who we always talk about and is a great voice actor for games. We love Troy Baker. We love Troy Baker. A.K.A. Joel from The Last of Us. If you Astro. Want to uh, Astro. That'll be. And he... Uh, Delson, you, you gain these powers, and there's there's different abilities based on, like, concrete, smoke neon um uh, i can't remember what the the last one is I, I think there's one or two more but but you have these different abilities based on like elements or like parts of the world and it gives you different traversal options and, and combat options but the main stick of the game is you can do things that increase your good karma or increase your bad karma and as you get later in the game that you have skill trees that unlock new abilities and you get to a point where if you are on the good karma track, you unlock a certain skill tree that you can't access if you have bad karma, and vice versa for bad karma. So it makes it, you actually, there's real consequences to you choosing good or bad. And I think the abilities are varied enough that it it warrants playing through it a second time. It's, it's one of the first games I platinumed, which I talk about a lot. And the, the platinum requires you beat the game both with full good karma and full bad karma at the end. Um, and I played through it good the first time because when you're bad, it makes you do things and it makes you feel real bad. And so I, I don't like doing that. So I played it through good first and then did the hard difficulty trophy at the same time as bad. And you get wildly different endings and they, it, they're pretty savage. And there's a couple choices you make throughout the game as well that are either good or bad. And yeah, it's, it's very interesting stuff, but infamous second son so good we've talked about it a lot so go back and check out some of those episodes you want to know more but it was one of the first ps4 games released to really showcase a lot of like the particle effects that were possible with the increased graphical power of the ps4 over the ps3 um story-wise kind of interesting nothing incredibly groundbreaking um but but troy baker does a great job um sucker punch is is a great studio the the open world i think it's seattle um is fun to traverse around and as you gain more abilities you gain a lot of traversal options with verticality um some flight things the combat um the difficulties settings that you have i think i think are pretty well warranted 
um, they, they make sense. Like the normal difficulty, I think, provides a good skill curve. And once I beat the game on normal, went back with hard, it continued on that same traversal even higher. Um, but I, I was better at the game at that point. So long story short, I love Infamous Second Son. Ori and the Will of the Wisps is like a Metroidvania, Castlevania. Well, it's Metroidvania is the, the combination of Metroid and um, Castlevania. Just Castlevania. Just Castlevania. That's, that's all we I'm talking Castlevania about. Castlevania here. But essentially, there are certain parts of the map and, <clears throat> and all that kind of stuff that are blocked off until you get abilities. And you get those abilities, you can go back and traverse and get different things. It's also a 2D platformer, so it all takes place in the, the two dimensions, just going left to right. Um, and this game, like I said, go check out my review to get some more in-depth thoughts on Maxwell Lewis Gaming. But the the story is, it tugs at the heartstrings in like a really fantastic way. And the traversal and gameplay are some of the tightest like platforming I have ever played in my life and i have not beaten hollow because you're a scrub platformer let's put it out there okay okay that's fair um i i have played a little no, bit it, of hollow knight yeah it looks good i don't think from what i've seen from gameplay wise i don't i doubt you would get much of a difference between like hollow knight and ori and the will of the wisp like in terms yeah. of the tightness and and mechanics it's just both of them are they look very different i haven't played ori but ori seems a lot more floaty in general yeah you know and you're like trying to use yeah, you just floating all over the fucking place. We're like, yeah, Hollow Knight just feels way more discreet and binary. Yeah, it's he's like, very heavy for being hollow. Yeah, that's actually why you skip the landing animation when you're speed running because how <laughs> fucking heavy he is for a Hollow Knight. <laughs> Every time you land, that is the truth. He does thud real good for being just bones. So there you go, Hollow Knight, zero out of ten. Fuck um, that game. If that was in someone's top eight, they'd be dumb. Yeah, I wouldn't respect them. As a video game critic. But they're both 2D platforming, um, like, side-scrolling Metroidvania-type games. Except with, Hollow... a good, with a good cult following, I would say, for both of them. Yeah. For sure. And, and Hollow Knight is more of, like, a darker, like, almost Dark Souls-type, more a little bit more punishing. Or in the Will of the Wisps is more, like, very bright art style and a little bit more, like, hope-filled. Even though it tugs at the harshings of the story. It's like positive and a little bit happier. Hollow Knight has hope. Come on, <laughs> you gotta play it. That's true. I don't know. Maybe it does have hope. Um, I don't. I don't have hope. I do have hope. I don't have hope. Um, but or in the world of the the gameplay. And when he says floaty, it's like a lot of it, it. There's a lot of air traversal you start unlocking, and which becomes very important and technical in how you like grapple onto certain things and there's different types of grapples and double and triple jumps that you unlock throughout the game um and the combination of just platforming to get through the main story in addition to some of the speed trials that unlock um points and money for you to upgrade your skills and stuff are really fun and they're they're difficult enough that it takes you several tries to complete them but then at the same time there's enough ceiling that if you want to continue to try and get better and move up the leaderboards, there's, I think, a lot of additional, like, post-gameplay yeah, that yeah. you can do. Similar to Hollow Knight, from what I've heard. Like, there's a lot For of sure. that, that goes on. Actually, someone in the community, I forgot exactly who it was, but, like, community members are still releasing Hollow Knight DLC. One came out oh, wow. very recently. Yeah. I think if you watch, like, from from my not playing Ori and the Will of the Wisp, 
But if you watch like Ori gameplay and then you watch someone going through the White Palace in Hollow Knight, because that is like strictly platforming in Hollow Knight, mm-hmm. it's just very obvious the differences between them. Because yeah, you it is you have by the time you're going through White Palace, you have a double jump. Unless you did some crazy shit. I don't even... You can get to the White Palace without a double jump, I'm pretty sure. But I don't think... You're not supposed to. Let me put it that way. <laughs> um, but, like, you don't have the grappling, you know, like, where you're, like, hooking and then swinging yourself up and shit like that. It's all, like, all you have is your dagger and... Or your nail. And when you strike down with your nail, you can pogo off of shit, which is, mm. like, a core... Like, if you're going to keep yourself in air mechanic, you if you pogo, you can reset your double jump and all this shit. So, um... That's really yeah the pogo is like i mean i'm pretty sure you reset your double jump even if you do a normal strike but you have knockback so you really don't want to do that yeah that's why the pogo is nice because you have knockback upwards (laughs) knock up (laughs) um so yeah but that is like a very distinct i think that shows the differences between the platforming very clearly yeah that's fair so not that we're trying to get into deep in-depth comparison between the two even though they probably deserve it at some point yeah i think they they do for sure but it it tells you that even though they are in the same genre very similar type games there's enough difference there that if you've played one it warrants playing the other yeah which is why we both should play it and then we can have a little battle to the death where we're Inevitably, we're just going to defend the one we played first. Maybe. The Far Cry 3 effect. Maybe. <laughs> or Far Cry 4 effect, depending on which one you play exactly. first. Um, but yeah, so th- those are the two games. Um, like I said, go check out previous podcasts on Infamous Second Son. Go check out my Maxwell Lewis gaming video on Ori, the w- Ori and the Will of the Wisp. If you want to know more in depth, I won't go too much longer. Do you know what you're going to pick? Oh, I, one more background. So I, I told you I platinumed Infamous Second Son. I 100%, 100%ed, because it's a past tense verb, Ori um, and the Will of the Wisps. So I have fully completed both of these games. Yeah. Do you know? I think I know. Do you want my guess? I want your guess. Ori. Ori. Yeah, what? I feel good about that. You were so hyped when you finished that. I mean, like, you were just like, oh my fucking God. <laughs> mini spoiler alert if, if you go to watch my maxwell Lewis gaming video i i said it changed me i still firmly stand behind that and do believe it it changed what i view about what's important in a game and like what i think about games and ori and the will of the wisp was yeah for me that that good that that changing it looks like a great platformer and i do yeah it's a good platformer does really require that you have to have some skill curve to it. Otherwise, it's not going to be fun. I yeah. mean, the kind of big complaint with Hollow Knight, from what I, I've heard other people talk about, is that they just don't get through the skill progression quick enough. So you don't have enough tools. So it mm. can't get hard enough, fast enough for a lot of people. Yeah. But I also understand them the same. I mean, I would probably defend and say if you were fresh to a platformer, or like most people probably are, or like don't play. I mean, platforming as a genre as a whole, I feel like most people aren't seeking out. Especially as you were saying, like, PS4 generation when it came out, story-driven to hell and back, you know? Like, people aren't playing platformers like they did in Super Mario 64 era. Yeah, when that was all you could graphically (laughs) push was two dimensions. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I, I think it's reasonably paced for... it, But yeah, if you were a hardcore platformer, I definitely could see that being a gripe. I would be interested to see if the like the reviews that I've heard if they played Ori and if they had the same issues with it. But yeah, I forgot entirely where I was going with that, but yeah, that, the, the final boss fight in Ori and the will of the wisps was so epic 
in all the right ways. And I, I died a bunch. And I, again, I've talked about this before. Same with God of War, um, which we've now talked about in almost every podcast episode as we keep talking about. Um, but or in the world of the Wisp, like when I was doing the speed trials or boss fights, every time I died or failed, I did not feel like the game cheated me. I felt like it was just my skills that like I knew exactly what I could improve on and do next time to get better and succeeded. That's the right kind of difficulty. And yeah. that, that that makes me happy when I I'm like, oh yes, okay, now I've learned this and I can do this differently the next time. It does that perfectly. The final boss fight is epic. It's the perfect combination of every skill and traversal ability you've used up to that point, executed flawlessly. Epic soundtrack is amazing. Or in the world of wisp. Bada boom. Bada boom. Gabagool. Alright. Well now I have the terrible job of comparing. <laughs> What, an Xbox 360 game versus a PS4? At least I'm pretty sure it's 360. Was it Xbox OG? It, I think it's Xbox OG. I think I have it on the 360, but... Yeah, it might, I think it is the Xbox OG. I probably should have looked that up, but who cares? <laughs> Alright, so I got Halo 2 versus Last of Us Part 2. The two Battle sequels. Of the twos. Yeah. <laughs> um, I will not lie, it has been shockingly a while since i played halo 2 i'm trying to remember i did play through a halo recently with some friends but i don't even remember which one it was because i just was excited to play halo that is true they actually are all the same if you play one there's no reason to play another halo yeah they they release it again yeah it's the same exact thing and they they just the title sequence is different everything else i didn't i mean let's be honest at the end of most halos there's a driving sequence where everything's going boom boom and you gotta drive fast (laughs) um Halo 2, I mean, okay, Halo 2, you get a, it's the first game, okay, in the first Halo game, you do not get to play as anyone other than the Master Chief. Halo 2, there is an elite who ends up getting exiled, but in terms of crisis and turmoil, the boys enlist an arbiter, and the the boys being the fucking, the not the Covenant, what is, I can't even remember what their names are. They float in little derpy little things, and you hate them by the end of the game. So that's why I wiped them from my name. The Prophets. There we go. Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it is the first game in the series that you get to play as both the, you know, quote-unquote main character and the antagonist of the Ooh. story. I know, I didn't think about that until the This matchup got but, spicy uh, real fast. Be, not that that has any relationship to Last of Us Part Two. If yeah. You also, played it. Um, <laughs> cough, cough. Spoiler alert. Uh, uh, we we should probably start every podcast by like it's a potential spoiler cast for yeah. the games that are in. But so through the course of the game, you alternate playing through as Master Chief and the Arbiter, um, and in the end, you know their their stories are they're parallel at a minimum and diverge or converge, I guess, at a certain point, right, where you both are working together. Um, because the prophets are absolute hockey douchebags, and the, the <laughs> um, the berserkers. Oh my god, I should have looked up more of the names. That's what I'm saying. I'm bad. I'm real bad. Report me. GG. FF at fifteen. Um, but yeah, prophets are douchebags, and the elites aren't about it. So yeah, it was cool to see. Like I guess to be able to play through both sides, and it's nice because like the, um like the military or whatever you call it the united states uh marine that's not the marine corps right because it's like the space corps or something like that i, think I thought the, marine I, was i thought it name, was the though. ussc 
United States, Southern Spain's California. <laughs> I should have done more research. This is my bad. But either way, the Canadians, let us know. Yeah, you. What is Halo? <laughs> you alternate through playing through both of them, which is nice because you finally actually get like good access to both of their guns as you're playing through. Because like in the first one, a big yeah. complaint was like, oh, you know, I, I can pick up a needler once in a blue moon, or the elite's like plasma gun. Um, where in this one, every time you're going through, they by default give you like that races or you know character types guns um and halo 2 so the first halo uh you had a health bar that depleted and then you died but there's finally the call of duty health automatic health regen regen that occurs you have a shield that gets broken first and regens and then the health below that but everything regen so that for me going from halo 1 to halo 2 you get so used to the like your health regening concept that when you go back to Halo 1, you're like, what? Halo 1 you was... die? <laughs> okay, Halo 1 was good. And the intro scene... Okay, because intro scenes for Halo, for some reason, are just always absolutely badasses. Living fuck. Yes. Uh, the intro scene to Halo 1, where you get launched on an escape pod from a blowing up ship, and then, of course, you're the only person who survives when you crash down, <laughs> at least in your escape pod. I'm pretty sure you run into a couple other Marines. Because you're the Master you're, Chief. I mean, you are. <laughs> Um. <laughs> but yeah that, like that was a good opening sequence you know booting up halo 2 and you're like there's no way that they can beat that and then uh i guess they open up i'm pretty sure with the arbiter sequence and how he like becomes the arbiter it's his like exile and then he's getting branded because he's exiled and then they're like but we kind of need you bro uh, <laughs> <laughs> typical uh, typical profits but then similar situation where you know, giant badass space battle, which for that generation was, I can't think of a game that even comes close to the badassness of space battle. Space is a thing in games that is not explored enough. And there are so many cool avenues for like, if you had a good, like the new, there was a Star Wars game that came Star out Star Wars recently. Squadrons. Yes. Which I have been meaning to play. Just have not, I don't need, is it on PC? Uh, I believe so, and I think it it was just recently a PlayStation Plus game. Might still currently be for PS4. Yeah. So if it is, go check. If you have PlayStation Plus, you should always be checking the monthly games. But if you haven't this month, go check it out because I think Star Wars Squadrons is yeah. But yeah, yeah. So space games, I think, are something at least for me something that really needs to be explored more. Speaking of, I meant to give a little shout out to the game Freelancer and our last like top eight podcast. Um, I don't remember. I think it was the early to mid 2000s release for pc but that game was just that game had a great space combat like a huge universe for you to explore i mean you're just a, like a rogue on a mission essentially um because you're kind of getting hunted down by everyone like halfway through the game because you're the only person <laughs> who realizes that the world's like imploding in on itself but yeah that's like the fact that a mid 2000s game can execute a good like space game well I don't know why they're not more. I think that's why No Man's Sky hurt as much as it did. Yeah. Because it it touted infinite procedurally generated planets with so much diversity and flying to and from all these planets and then didn't do that. Yeah. So either way, you know, you're fighting and literally after fights, like I would spend 
I would just chill staring out the window watching because they just constantly have explosions coming off ships because they're not going to actually have them crash or anything. But it just looks so badass. Like you see Earth in the distance, you know, and then these giant ass spaceships are all firing at each other. And it's like, when do you ever get to see this other than like Star Wars or something like that? You know, like in a video game, never get to see it. And then Master Chief does his thing. Gives the Covenant their bomb back, if you know what I'm saying, Baba Debosh. <laughs> if you check out some of our previous Halo 2 videos, we've actually, on YouTube, linked the video to that cutscene. Yeah, which is still, like, <laughs> that cutscene alone warrants that Halo 2 to be my favorite Halo game, because that cutscene <laughs> is in burned, burned into my retinas in at burned. this point. In burned into my retinas. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, either way, super hyped to go back and forth. There's also, I think the, like, the diversity they definitely increased the diversity of environments and added they just populated the environments a lot more to actually feel like a lot more full environment in comparison to halo one where it was clear they were struggling a lot more to use the hardware to its capabilities I mean, budget know? increased pretty substantially for halo 2 i mean halo That's 1 was the important. first game in the That's series and then they're like people like this bungie still of a dollars. small company <laughs> that's true you ever heard of destiny no no exactly that's what i'm saying um so either way, and then the end end sequence, also a banger, per usual. But yeah, I think the big thing is that like it's actually a space game, even though you spend a lot of time on Earth in this one. But actually a space game, executes well, super cool universe, like exciting story. The gameplay is, it's not super easy, but it's not super hard. You can kind of just run through it chilling with the homies, if you know what I'm saying. Um, which is like, I don't know, it's... I think Halo 2 is like the definition of like that gen couch co-op for me. Yes. And like a yeah, great yeah, couch yeah, yeah. co-op story that you can run through. Has a super exciting story, but the gameplay is also super fun to run through. Good diversity in weapons. Uh, and driving a Warhog never gets old, no matter how crusty the physics are. So <laughs> if you're in the age range of like 25 to 35, Halo and couch co-op is, you know what we're talking about. Yeah, it's definitely... a. Uh, it's definitely a classic, and it's definitely... I have played up to Reach. I guess, like, I played 1 through 3 Reach and ODST out of all the Halo games I've played. So I haven't played, like, 4 or 5 or Halo Wars, whatever the fuck mm. Halo Wars is, because yeah. that sounds like a crusty fireball. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, if you... I, I think that joining Halo post probably wouldn't be as exciting, but joining Halo at the time that it's coming out and then, like, never seeing a game do anything like that before and also classic Xbox gen, you know, you're a big dude in a suit of armor. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was just a super hype game. I, I was just talking with my wife about this, uh, that for, for me, a lot of my games in my top eight are, like, PS4 gen forward because I essentially skipped or missed the PS3, Xbox 360 gen for reasons that don't matter, but I, I, I miss almost an entire gen. And so games like Halo being so genre defining and doing things first in so many ways, when I go back to Halo is less impressive to me because I've seen the games that have taken influence from Halo and done it or maybe done it better, perhaps, depending on what you're taking from it. So going back, it's like, oh, it doesn't feel as fresh or new because to me, it's not new. Yeah. But that doesn't take away from the fact that it is still... If you were playing it when it's coming out, yeah. yeah. It's literally, like... I mean, Halo games were all you're fucking talking about when they're coming out. You know, like, it, it is super hype when they when they came out. Halo 1, 2, and 3, I thought were all great titles. And I loved all of them front to back. Yeah. Like, I mean, Halo felt like for a long time a series that it could actually do no wrong in comparison to a lot of other series that I played. 
like Assassin's Creed for me. I was excited for one and two, and then I was just like, holy cow, I got I got the fucking picture. I can jump off a building and assassinate you. To be Did fair, you know I you could do it in London. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I haven't played a lot of the newer ones. I think they've done a lot of stuff that I don't appreciate fully having not played newer titles. Yeah. Because they had like it, the pirate was, one and yeah, supposedly uh, Black Flag is like one of the best pirate like type games out there. Uh, but Assassin's Creed's formula changed at Assassin's Creed Origin. It started to become a little bit more of like a light RPG almost. And and changed combat and gave you different weapon types and some of those things. And changed the like blade assassination as well. Um, but everything before that, like Syndicate prior, uh, is definitely the Assassin's Creed formula yeah so either way butchering of halo 2 aside last of us part 2 <laughs> which we've talked about quite a bit <laughs> i'm good uh, a little sore throat a little post nasal drip um pnd pnd really baby last of us part 2 since we already said spoilers you do play also as protagonist and antagonist even though the arbiter isn't really the antagonist in the end of the story but uh it's so some could say that at the end of the last of us part two the antagonist is not the antagonist, antagonist. <laughs> like it, it, protagonist and antagonist is all a matter of perspective which is what i For think sure. the last of us part two tries i think they, to point they out. yeah they and they play it really well throughout the story um the change the change between the characters that you play with super hype especially the timing that they do it which is the worst and best part of it yes because like you are so close to fucking resolution <laughs> And then shit hits the fan, and then they're like, up, 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 up. The game cock blocks you. We'll yeah, just lay it out. Really, there. really badly. Um, in in a great way, though. In a great way. The I think Last of Us Part Two for me, a con- similar to comments I've heard about Last of Us Part One. The combat I will say was a little lackluster for the most part. The best fight by far was the 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 boily zombie monster in the bottom yeah. of the hospital like that the that rat fight, king I yeah is what it's officially called yeah. yeah that that fight was actually super exciting and super hype um but a lot of the combat for the most part i mean i'm not knocking it i guess per se i'm just saying it's probably one of the weaker aspects of the game in my opinion though they did do a lot of improvements from last of us part one to keep it exciting and fresh and like it it wasn't a slog to get through um but the story is definitely to me the defining part of last of us part two for sure without question there's one addition i want to make to that when when i've been playing through ghost of tsushima on my personal channel i talked about how like the far cry style like going through bases and clearing them out that stealth is a bunch of bullshit like no developer has figured out how to realistically have the enemies determine where you are in a realistic fashion like i can literally slaughter someone and they go next to somebody but because it's Tim? supposed to be silent, then I just kind of like walk behind them, like two feet away. There's like do 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 do. Don't mind. But Last of Us Part Two, I, I remembered this while I was playing through Ghost of Tsushima. Naughty Dog did a phenomenal job of realistic stealth gameplay. It did do a good job. Their AI is smart as hell. I don't know. I don't. Not, know. not too obnoxiously smart, where it's like painfully difficult. Right? Yeah, but yeah. like it's, it's still a game. It's but. still hard enough that it wasn't just like yeah every other stealth title like skyrim you just everyone becomes all pass and skyrim lead the sneaky archer because it's so OP. <laughs> yeah. 
But no, the, the AI will go to the location where sounds were heard or where they potentially saw you, and they will call other people to it, and they'll they'll look under cars, like if you're hiding under a car, and they'll look behind things. It's much more realistic. Yeah. But that, that's the two cents I had that there. So, yeah, that I guess that would probably be one knock. And honestly, I think that the... Well, yeah, the I would say the environments, especially since I'm comparing it to Halo 2, because Halo 2 literally goes from outer space to, to a world. <laughs> environments are slightly less diverse um, than... I mean, they definitely increased it from Last of Us OG. Mm-hmm. But I would say, like, the big... Even the big transitions between, um, like, the beginning of the game to when you're in, what, like, Southern California at the end of the game? Yeah. Somewhere around there. Like, I think that they did a good job of keeping it realistic, but that doesn't necessarily keep it exciting in terms of the variety of environments. The one scene that we talk about where you're playing is not the first character you play in the game, and you're, like, walking through this, like, uh, what do you want to call it? Like, group of people. <laughs> this culture is, like, you know, like, like all, there's, like, a bunch of scaffolding going through the top of the city. Because oh, this, yeah, is, yeah, this yeah. is, like, how this subset of people lives, and this is how they transport. Like, that, to me... That is also another, like, that is, you know, burned into the retinas just for, like, it was super cool. Never seen anything like it before. Super exciting sequence. Also, the way that the character interacted with the environment was, like, unbelievably realistic and compelling. Like, the whole, the, that whole sequence, yeah, mutual kisses. Um. The, the whole antagonist you playing as stick only works if they put as much time and care into the if that antagonist becomes a believable protagonist yeah, which they did yeah and they did uh, to a great degree so at the very ends the one of the last like big sequences i mean you are just you don't know how to feel because you don't know what's happening i mean you're watching it but you're like oh, oh, oh. you're watching it but the game is also making you do things yeah making you do things that you feel you shouldn't be doing so we won't say what that is but the game doesn't pull its bunches so yeah, that I mean, that would definitely be okay. Scaffolding scene, that's a highlight. That last fight, that's a highlight. The farm scene, that's a highlight mm, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um a lot of the early parts of the story though, I think kind of drogged in comparison to the end of the game, whether or not they were required for the end of the game to be as hype, you know, like that's a different story. The whole sequence with Ellie and Joel, where they're scavenging through the town to give a little bit more backstory about how their relationship kind of formed over time from Last of Us Part 1. Yeah. I get why they put it in there, but that whole sequence was, like, not exciting to play. Like, it felt like... It I, felt I like story that. for story, you know? And that was what it was going for. Um, yeah, it was just... It was like they teach you how to use a sniper in the game at the beginning of the sequence, and then and you're, you're just like, like never yeah. again. <laughs> Seriously, actually, yeah, no. that like, would have been insane. great to use that more. That was a really good sequence. Yeah, that was fun. I mean, you just got to pop heads for a yeah. while there. That was that was that that part of the sequence was fun for sure. R- real quick, shifting to Doom Eternal, there's a sequence where you fire the BFG ten thousand which is a gigantic planet-destroying-sized version of the BFG, which stands for Big Fucking Gun, which is amazing. And the game doesn't have you actually press the button to fire it. It's just a cutscene. Yeah. And so it takes you out of it, and that's where I, The Last of Us gets it right and is like, you're, you're doing the same. You just get to have the fun and just pop heads with, like, no repercussions. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess either way, that's kind of, like, 
a really rough, crappy highlighting of what I really liked about both games and then what kind of schlogged about both games. Whether or not it's nostalgia, I don't care. Halo 2 takes the W for me. I think I saw that one coming. Yeah, I think... I think just... I want more fucking space games, so I'm going to vote for space games till the end of time because space is badass and space is exciting because space is, to a great degree, especially when you have an entire universe you can build on your own, space is unknown. When you're on Earth, you are defined by the limitations of Earth, right? Like, if you go on Earth and then you, like, say that you're like being like quasi realistic and then your physics engine's trash then you're pissed you know but when you're in space you can do whatever the fuck you want (laughs) and that is what's super hype and when you bring aliens into it you can bring whatever exciting new tech you want and i think it has a lot of demands on creativity in its own regard i'm not knocking last of us part two for creativity i think they did a lot of things that were super hype and they had a lot of great curveballs i mean the story was for sure a heart wrencher but man halo 2 definitely gets there are scenes I get the adrenaline pumping. You're like, oh, bitch. <laughs> uh, yeah, and the soundtrack cannot be understated. I yeah. mean, I'm a soundtrack sucker, so. the I think Last of Us Part Two narratively, is one of, is a narrative masterpiece. I don't think it can really be touched right now, narratively. Red Dead Redemption 2, perhaps, which I haven't played through. I've heard great things about. But, like, uh, outside of that, if you think about a game and you're playing the game, if you're not looking for just like a great, amazing story, Halo 2, gameplay wise and like environment, yeah, everything is like, yeah, it's super Halo dope, 2, yeah. I think, deserves to win, especially for you in that matchup. I'm much more of a sucker for a story, so get hyped for when I talk about Last of Us Part 2. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's fair. Yeah. And I also want to put, at least throw a little tidbit for why Last of Us Part 2 is still here and Uncharted 4 is not. Which I think it, it does deserve a little bit of due diligence, even though I need to pull out my laundry because I said I was going to pull it out 12 minutes ago to the guy that put his laundry in right after me. So, if, if guy, so I'll keep it quick. If you're watching this, we apologize. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, Last of Us, or sorry, Uncharted 4, the thing that I think why I wanted it to win over Last of Us Part 2 was like the peak scene for me hit early hard. And it was like a very personal, like, oh, man, like very introspective on relationship with my brother at the time and like how I would handle that situation if I was in their boots, you know, like when you have that type of relationship, it's very easy to like kind of like imagine you and your brother in that situation in comparison. But it was such a like one punch knocker. And then the rest of it was like, okay, it's a good game and it's a great improvement on the Uncharted 4 series. But like it wasn't like The Last of Us Part Two which had, I mean, like, knock after knock after knock. I mean, the farm scene is, like, depressing as fuck. I mean, there's just no way around it. And you're just like, oh, God. <laughs> which is also, it's like... And that's, like, one of, like, five scenes that are also intense as fuck, right? Like, they, they do it over and over and over again, which I would expect a lot more from a hyper story-driven game. You know, yeah. if, you, if you're actually going to put story-driven game on a pedestal, right, which I would say Uncharted, the whole series, is a story-driven game, right, then I just don't think it can compare to last of us which does it over and over and over again right like it's the whole time for the last last for sure half of the game i mean it's just like you are like locked in and you're holding the playstation controller (laughs) it's a big playstation controller i have big playstations yeah um the the last of us part two i i think the tagline for it is it serves the story and the characters not the player yeah 
and which is fantastic but it's also evidenced by how divisive the game is and how many players were upset by the direction that they went with it and i feel that they stayed true to the characters and who they were and let the story tell itself and didn't just do fan service and i think that is a beautiful and wonderful thing but it's understandable why a lot of people were pissed yeah as, yeah and as someone who doesn't play a lot of very story-driven games in general, I mean, the whole reason I've been even, like, exploring the genre is because of Maxwell. Like, I have a very limited sample of these types of games, but I am, like, definitely, like, Last of Us Part Two for a limited sample, definitely delivered and more to me. Yeah. You know, like, it was it was a great addition. Uncharted 4 was a great addition, too. I'm super happy I played it. It's definitely better than 1, 2, and 3. Like, I feel great about <laughs> that, question. you know? Like, yeah. uh, it definitely was a great addition to the series. I'm happy with what they did with it. But, yeah, I just, I mean, I don't play, I am more of a platformer or a gameplay gamer, you know, than a story-driven gamer. Um, so, yeah, I'm happy to have played Last of Us Part Two and had the response that I did because it was a very emotional game. And it's been a while since I've had an emotional response to a game, you know? Yeah. Other than getting pissed at League of Legends. <laughs> and as we maybe said, but if it's not clear, games winning and over these doesn't mean that the games that are losing are bad or that we view negatively of them. We're We're trying to determine what games have the biggest impact for us what we value as gamers what we think is the best yeah but almost every game if not every game on our top 50 list is worthy of being on our top 50 list and it was Hopefully an incredible experience for us yeah well yeah. they i mean maybe we just don't have enough games that we're like oh we don't even like there's only 30 games we care about these other 20 are terrible but yeah but either way they're all important to us in their own unique way and they're all fantastic games in their own right this is just to find the creme de la creme. Yeah, I so. didn't think I would like story games as much as I did. But honestly, I'm not crazy about watching movies a majority of the time. And that's like it gets a movie fix for me when I play these games. Like the, if I watch movies more often, maybe I'd be like, wow, last was part two story. <laughs> for, for someone like me who is so cares about the story and loves movies, my best man and my wife don't give a shit. About movies? Yeah, they don't. They 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 don't like watching I watched movies. Fight Club. Hey, never mind. Take it back. You heard it here first, folks. Oliver cares about movies. That's true. I've been meaning to watch more, but that means it's not going to happen. Knowing my language, so I mean, I I've accepted it. I I don't. I understand. Like movies are definitely a commitment of time and like mental energy. So I get not wanting it, but it's just. It's yeah, I've been watching SpongeBob lately, so. <laughs> I suppose that was great, though. Well, no, was, yeah. it's been a great, a great couple of weeks. <laughs> so either way, ripped pants aside, that's it for me. That's it for Maxwell. That's it for Maxwell. That's it for us. So, uh, check YouTube. Always, we have descriptions down below, um, and like links to social media and all that kind of stuff. If you're listening on spotify other podcast services uh, we do have a link to the bracket in the description it's probably not clickable but check us out on movideogames.podbean.com you can get a clickable link there all that kind of stuff um yeah it's a lot of fun thank you guys for listening josie josie Thank you guys so much for sticking around to the end of today's episode. We hope you enjoyed our special in-person bada da boosh. And 
that's, that's I don't even know where I'm going with this, but we laid it all out for you. We got social media, Instagram, Mo Video Games. Uh, check out MoVideoGames.Podbean.com for some clickable links, but everything's in the descriptions on the podcast services, YouTube. Check them out. Check out the crisscross. Get subscribed, notified if you want to go live with us. It's a lot of fun. We'll talk with you. We'll chat with you. We'll talk about the video games. Get some insights live. What do you think should have won this week? Let us know anywhere you can find us. Instagram and YouTube. All that kind of fun stuff. That's all I got. This is a big rant. We hope you had some fun. Thank you so much. And we'll catch you guys in the next one. Josie.